Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to go ahead and talk to you about spicing things up by having sex outside. And when we talk about that, there's a few things that we need to note up front here. Sex outside is kind of seasonal dependent and dependent on the weather. So it does get kind of hard to plan sex outside versus sex inside your house or inside of your bedroom because you got a lot of other factors that you got to be able to take into consideration. For instance, right now, for most in the country, outdoor sex is not possible. Well, I guess technically it is possible, but it's not going to go very well. Why? Because we are in the dead of winter. All right. So even if you were willing, women, to brave the cold, to go out there and below 20 degree temperature, below freezing temperatures, you're willing to go out there, drop your pants and bend over for them. Well, the cold affects guys a little bit more differently than you girls. Now that cold of rush air might create some lubrication problems, but for guys, well, guys outside in sub-zero temperatures are, you know, below zero or below freezing might have some problems being able to get it up. Some things just may not cooperate and it's a recipe for disaster. Now, there's also the issue that because it's winter, all the trees and shrubs and all that have lost their leaves, lost their greens. And so without all of that helping to obstruct the views, it's also a lot easier to get caught. Somebody with a binoculars can see through a bunch of sticks and twigs a lot easier than full uh, bloomed uh, trees and br- and shrubs and all of that. All right. So just the fact that it's very, very cold outside makes it a little difficult uh, for men to be able to perform. But then there's also the increased problems with it, right? Can you imagine going through and saying, hey, you're both willing to uh, suffer the cold just for a little bit of fun? I don't know what's fun about freezing your ass off, but okay. But let's say you're both willing to do that. Well, then you got the increased risk, right? That as you are standing in the snow, and kind of moving around a little bit. What if you're standing on a piece of ice or snow being compacted enough becomes ice. And then all of a sudden you're in the middle, you're having some fun and whoop, your feet slip out from under you because of the ice. You lost your grip moving back and forth. So I get it in the wintertime for most people in the United States, it is a little bit difficult to be able to pull off outdoor sex. Okay. Now what about the rest of the year? Right, you're saying, hey, we want to get outdoors. We want the excitement of doing it in the nature itself, you know, because it's a different environment than your bedroom and the four walls of your home. Right? And you want to be able to do this. Well, that gets kind of hard as well, doesn't it? Because you need the day, you know, for this to happen to be a day that you're interested in sex and that the weather is going to cooperate. When you go out there and you think, hey, I want to go out and have sex outside and you're actually horny, and this is the day you want to do it, and then all of a sudden, it rains. Are you willing to go out there and still go through with it in the rain? Is that going to still be fun and exciting, or is the fact that it's pouring and you're wet all over going to be a bit of a distraction? I mean, we're not talking about this being the same situation as a shower where you can control the temperature of the water. We're talking about rain, which is usually cold. You know, so you got cold water falling from the sky, dropping on you, and you're trying to get intimate. And then, of course, you know, being out in nature, that means there's going to be, you know, stomping around on the ground. Uh, It could be a lot of mud. So, you know, you got to time it out right with your desire for sex 
and the weather going to cooperate. Now, this does also line up where sometimes that is going to happen, right? The weather is going to be a nice, beautiful day, and you can enjoy the great outdoors for sex. And, you know, whether you're just going for a walk and you just decide, hey, you know, right here, this spot is great, you know, and you just drop your pants and go at it, right? Or maybe you put a little more planning and effort and you pack a blanket and even maybe uh, a pillow as well. You know, that way, you know, you're not rolling around in the leaves, getting, you know, a stick stuck in your butthole, right? Because, you know, you got to understand with outdoor sex, you know, you're either going to have sex standing up, you know, which means, you know, for ladies, if you're bending over, you probably want something that's going to be able to support you so that you're not just going to accidentally just topple over. So you're probably either going to be leaned up against the tree or depending on how flexible you are, you're bent all the way over to where you're pretty much in a standing doggy position. I mean, that is kind of the options there. Now, you're not going to just go right there on the ground, mixed in the leaves and the sticks and, you know, rolling around there and having sex in missionary position, at least not without bringing a few items along, you know, such as a blanket so that you're rolling around more on the blanket and having less leaves going up your butt crack. And let me make this clear. When I'm talking about outdoor sex, I'm not talking about on a camping trip where you're in a tent and you're basically having, you know, the tent act as the walls of your house where your only real risk is somebody hearing you having an orgasm or hearing you talking dirty to each other. Now, maybe that's how you start off in order to gain up the confidence of getting outdoors. Maybe your first time getting out of your house and being outdoors is on a camping trip where you are inside of a tent and you're only risking people hearing you. And then you can see whether or not that adds that additional fun and adrenaline because them hearing you is not the same as them catching you full body naked with a dick inside you. All right. So there is a difference between just verbally hearing someone and actually seeing them. Now, outside of that first couple of times, uh, what you want to do is you got to select your location. Now, if you're living out in the countryside on some gravel road, your first times and getting outdoors in order to enjoy sex could be right out back in, you know, your backyard, your yard, especially if you don't have any kids. You live out in the countryside, your nearest neighbor is maybe half a mile away. You know, you're going outside and doing this uh, more in the nighttime. So you get the excitement of being outdoors, not having any walls, kind of being exposed, but the chances of you getting caught are next to nothing. So you got to start taking a look at this as, you know, don't just go straight out and start having sex in public, you know, as your first case. I mean, you can ease into it going through and saying, hey, yes, this would be exciting. This would be fun. So let's start off on a camping trip. Hey, that was fun. Or let's start off in our backyard. But now you've done that and you found that it was exciting. And that excitement led to a bigger orgasm. So what do you do? Do you just start going off and saying, hey, we're going to go for a nature hike. And then all of a sudden say, hey, I'm horny. This is the spot. No, 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 no. You got to start thinking about what is it that makes you excited? You know, is it just being outdoors and being exposed to nature or is it the excitement of possibly getting caught? For some people, it is the excitement of possibly getting caught and they pick locations 
where they are more likely to get caught. This is people who are having sex in public places, trying to get away with a quickie, or you go on a walking trail, and it's a popular walking trail. You know, maybe there's not people on it all the time, but it's popular enough that if you were to stop and start having sex, that somebody is likely, you know, maybe more likely than not, to come along and catch you in the act. And maybe you want to see what the reaction is. Will they speak up and shout at you? You know, what the hell are you doing? Will they start giving you a standing ovation, clapping, and, you know, basically standing there and you're basically giving them live action porn? You know, is that the excitement, kind of the voyeurism? Or is it the comedy that you are looking for, where someone comes along, sees you having sex outdoors, and then gets kind of embarrassed and turns around and walks the other way to give you that privacy. Your objective for why it is you want to get outdoors and have sex outside will be de- will be the determining factor as far as the location you pick, right? If you just want to get outside and just not have four walls around you and feel like you're m- more in touch with nature, more in touch with your animal self, your instinctual sexual self, you will choose a different location than you want the excitement of possibly getting caught. And location matters. And it doesn't matter for the act itself, but it also matters for what happens after you have sex, right? I mean, think about this. If your whole goal is you just want to do it outdoors because you feel like it's getting back in touch with nature and getting, you know, more natural outside of the four walls, but you don't really want to get caught or you want to make sure that your risk of getting caught is very low, you're going to go out there and you're going to try to pick a secluded area, right? You know, an area that you have to go out of your way to get to, a place where it's unlikely anybody's going to be around. So if you want to cut down on the possibility of people being around, you got to make sure it's far enough from the main roads or any you know public parks or any well-known or well-traveled trails. Okay, yes, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? However, you got to understand that those spots that you are talking about or thinking about also means you are unlikely to be able to get there by car, by vehicle. So you're not really going to be driving there. So you're going to find some place where there is a place for you to park your vehicle. So maybe you um, go to some sort of park or whatever, and then you have to walk a mile or two or three away from where you park your vehicle in order to find that secluded area. Then you're able to go through and as you plan, start getting undressed. Now you got to determine how undressed you want to get. Are you just planning on dropping your pants or are you getting full buck naked out in nature? Well, maybe the more often you do it, the more clothes you take off. Maybe your first time you're just dropping your pants. But here's what you got to think about is what happens afterward? What happens after you have sex outside? So so let's see here. The first thing that you got to come across is after the act is done, you got to walk back to your vehicle. You got to walk back to wherever it is you parked and you got to make that same hike back. Is it going to be one mile or is it going to be a three mile walk back after you have sex? Now, ladies, the reason why I say you got to be able to consider this is because just from my observation, after an orgasm, your ability to walk is, well, it depends on the, how big the orgasm you have is, but 
how well do you think you're going to be able to walk after you have an orgasm? So think about that. You're planning on having sex outside. It's exciting. He's excited. Yes, you got the adrenaline rush. You go at it like a couple of animals in the wilderness. You have a nice, massive orgasm because it's not only the pleasure from sex, but it's the adrenaline rush of being outside and the whatever possibility of getting caught. Your legs are trembling because of the orgasm. You know, you can barely stand up, and now you're realizing you got a one or one to three mile walk back to your vehicle. Yeah, something tells me that's going to be a discouragement for future uh, attempts to have sex outside. It's like, yeah, it's great. It feels awesome. But man, that walk back to the car afterwards is hard. It's impossible. You know, and your guys there trying to, you know, act like, you know, basically do the same thing as if you were injured, you know, practically has to carry you for one to three miles. That's going to discourage him as well. And while you're trying to walk back to the vehicle with weakened legs from the orgasm that you had, well, of course, you're also going to be walking with fresh cum dripping out of you. Is that really going to be a comfortable walk? You can, your legs are, you know, like jello and you're dripping for your three mile hike back to the vehicle or one mile hike. So you got to start planning this out. You now you got to start planning that you want it to be in an area with low traffic where you don't have to walk too far away from the car, car that the tr that going back to your vehicle afterwards is going to be torturous. With all that said, it should go without saying then that deciding that you want to spice things up and start having sex outside is not something that you can come up with on a moment's notice, you know, just out of the blue, hey, today I want to do this because you're going to start finding out that you're going to end up not having sex that day because you took no time to prepare and didn't scout any location. So when you start coming up with the idea that, hey, it would be exciting to get outside and just start having sex out there in nature, then you got to start scouting locations, right? So it may take you a month or two from your initial idea of saying this is something that you want to do. Uh, maybe this is, you know, on your bucket list. You know, you want to have sex outside at least once with your husband, with your boyfriend, or, you know, for some of you, maybe it's just a one night stand and you're doing it outside. Okay. So you got to scout the location. You got to go around and take out the map and start going, okay, these are the outdoor locations, you know, in the wilderness, you know, maybe this is a little, you know, a park that is several miles wide with a lot of trees and brush and, you know, trails or, Hey, you know, here's what the geography is. You know, let me try and find some places that are out of the way. So it's less likely that you'll get caught, but not too far out of the way where you have to do a lot of walking afterwards for the trip back. You're going to have to scout it out first by finding places on a map that you can think of, and then actually drive there. Actually take a look at what the walk and the terrain is, because there's also the issue of, do you want it to be more in the woods where you're rolling around in the underbrush and sticks and it's going to be, you know, dirt and mud? Or is the location that you're selecting, yeah, there's trees and brush uh, around you, but it's more of a open grass field, all right? So you got to start taking a time to travel there. You got to start taking a look around and then start imagining, 
okay, would this even be comfortable having uh, sex here? Um, you might, you know, roll around in the grass. Okay, that is not that bad of a feeling, but if it's more of a wooded area, are you going to roll around and end up with a stick going up your butthole? All right. So you got to start taking a look at visual observation and being able to determine and assess what is the risk of getting caught. That way, when you're ready, you're horny, he's horny, you want to go ahead and get sex outside, you know exactly where you're going and you know exactly what your comfort level is going to be. Now, if the whole goal is the excitement of possibly getting caught, then it really doesn't matter. You don't have to do nearly as much planning. In fact, there are people out there that are so excited about the possibility of getting caught that they don't even go out to the woods or travel or whatever. They just do. They live right in town, neighbors only 50 yards away, and they just go out and, uh, at nighttime and have sex right out there in their backyard where they are highly likely to be caught if any of their neighbors are awake and just happen to look out the window. Or some people get even more extreme about that. And when I, now before I get to the more extreme, I should say that, you know, when it comes to sex out in your backyard, the, you know, how much uh, you'll be seen or caught depends on a couple of factors. Do you have a fence? Do you not have a fence? Or, and if you do have a fence, are the houses in your neighborhood one or two stories? If they're two stories, then they can obviously have a good possibility of seeing over the fence anyways. And so, you know, you may end up with a secret audience that you don't know about, and maybe that's what excites you. But some people get more extreme and actually do it out in public, out and uh, out and about in the middle of town. You know, they'll tr go into an alleyway, whatever is exciting or romantic about that. I don't know. Or they'll be a, a business and there are security cameras and they try to get away with it. You know, um, and how they go about that is, yes, you know, the you know women of course will have to have their pants lowered at least a little bit in order to pull that off. I mean, it's not like you can get to you by just pull pulling down your fly here. You know the zipper. You know, so it's one of those situations where they wear you know clothing that is specific uh, for that task. You know, maybe not necessarily blue jeans, but maybe some sort of stretchy pants where the front can still look like it's pulled up, but you know the back is stretched down you know, enough or, you know, you got it pulled down just a little bit, just past the pelvic, but still high up on your thigh. You got a long shirt on, you know, that goes down and maybe covers up what the lowering of your pants would expose. You kind of bend over the guy, just unzips his fly, whips it out and goes at it uh, with you from behind, you know, in a somewhat standing up position or slightly bent over position. And going at it to, you know, just to try and do it quickly. Sometimes the goal there is to, you know, try and get away with having sex long enough to get off, or at least for him to get off. Now, it might be pretty difficult for women to be able to get away with outdoor sex um, right there, kind of in public. You know, I guess you would call that more public sex. Get away with it long enough for them to be able to have an orgasm. So sometimes it's just the excitement of possibly getting caught, and you just want to, him to have the excitement and get off. Okay, I get that. Now, that's extreme. That is a little bit on the extreme side, but the same basic concept applies. You got to scout the area. You can't just think about it at a moment's notice. You got to go, okay, if I want to have sex out in public, but I don't want to, you know, 
really get caught to the point where the cops will be called and you know you will hold away for public sex you got to scout the location you got to practice maybe a little bit in your own home about the different type of uh, fabric to wear uh, for your pants how stretchy it needs to be how far you need to pull it down how much you need to bend over in order for him to be able to get inside of you right so yeah you got to do some planning if you want to be able to you know pull this off do it effectively have fun and not really get in trouble all right so whether you're planning on doing it outside uh, in your backyard out in the woods out in the field or in public the main thing here is you got to plan it in advance you can't just do it on a whim's notice the only time that you can do it on a whim's notice is you live out in the countryside and the nearest neighbor is like a quarter mile away. Then, yes, you could probably do it on a whim's notice, so long as the weather uh, agrees. Right? So, you know, you can do this. Just be smart about it and know what it is about outdoor sex that excites you. And finally, before you go off and waste your time scouting locations to have sex outside or for public sex, you know, before you go off and put in all this time, effort, and research, the number one thing that you need to do is find out whether your partner has any interest in it, <laughs> you know? Okay, so women, you might have a lot easier time of being able to go up to your husband or your boyfriend, your fiance, whatever, whatever it is, what, whatever stage you are in your relationship. You have a lot easier time of bringing this up, going to him and saying, hey, um, I want to do this. I think this would be fun and exciting. What do you think? Okay, you're going to have a lot easier time getting your man to agree to this and get excited and be like, yes, I'm on board. That's a lot easier than men coming up with this idea of having sex outside and trying to convince their wives, their fiancés, their girlfriends. It's a lot easier for women to convince men to have sex outside than it is for men to convince women to have sex outside because sex outside leaves women in general more exposed. You know, their body to be more exposed. Right? So they have more self-consciousness about the possibility of getting caught. They, I don't know, maybe you have more of a sense of embarrassment if you did get caught. You know, maybe you have more self-conscious about you know, some stranger walking by and seeing you buck naked, you know, yes, I, I get that, you know, and it leaves you a little more vulnerable than men if something were to go wrong. Okay. So yes, I understand that, which is why it's a lot easier for women to convince men than for men to convince women. But if you're looking for a way to be able to spice up your relationship, you feel like you've gotten into a rut, you know, every day, you know, it just kind of sees the same. The, your sex life has also gotten stale. You know exactly move by move what's going to happen, how it's going to feel, what it's going to be like. Yes, it still feels good, but you know, it, it just, you're not as motivated. You're more along the lines of, yeah, if he does, he does. If we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. I don't really care either way. Or, yeah, I'm horny. So, yes, I'll go through this, but you know, I'm not really excited. I'm just, you know, horny and it's bugging me, you know, and so you want to bring that excitement back into the relationship. Well, this is one of the ways in which you can do this. You can spice it up. You can, you know, introduce something new and exciting. 
and make you feel once again like a teenager who's just starting to have sex and everything's new, everything's exciting, and you want to recapture some of that feeling. Well, if you haven't been having sex outdoor, outside, then this is one of the ways in which you can do this. Now, there's a lot of other things that you can do still inside of the house to spice it up, you know, both in the bedroom or in the living room, kitchen or other rooms of the house. Yes. But this is another way in which you can go out there and add a little more adrenaline to your sex life, a little, that little more excitement in the form of adrenaline rush in your sex life and mix adrenaline with orgasm. Okay. So hopefully that kind of gives you some ideas and gives you uh, thoughts about what you can do to plan it out and how to be smart about it as you go off and you start pitching the idea to your spouse, to your significant other about how you can spice it up, you know, and get that excitement, that big smile, that happiness that will translate into them being even happier and a more attentive in the relationship because the happier the one couple is, the other, the happier the other is. You know, women, you want more attention from your men? Take action to make them as happy and satisfied as possible. Men, you want your wife to be happier and more, you know, uh, engaged with you sexually? Then work on making her happier and more sexually satisfied, right? The happier you make your partner, the more they're going to go out of their way to make you. All right. So that's it uh, for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in. Leave me a rating and a review and share this around so other people can hear this as well. You know, I know looking at the stats, you know, the download statistics and all that, I got a lot of you who are faithful listeners. You've been listening for a while. I know that just as I have, you know, planned out when I first started the show, being advice for women, that 70s. That 71% of the audience, at least based off of the, uh, the stats uh, that I get, 71% of the audience is women. Hey, that is great. That's exactly who this was made for, to give you advice. Here. So thank you so much, and I thank you for your loyal listening. Okay, so leave me a rating and review, share this around, and I will be back again soon.